Mike Crawford. We got a a show tonight, a live show. We're on the fly. We got a great guest, I think, hopefully. I know he's de definitely theatrical. I I'm interested to see what he has to say. You might have saw the video we just played. Hopefully you saw it. It's about all his arrests, his court cases. So we're going to bring him out because I don't want to talk about it. I don't know much about it. Some local advocates, activists uh, pointed it out. And I figured uh, let the man have a say tonight on the show. So let's bring him up. Let's bring him up, the guest tonight. The man with cases and arrest. Uh, one, definitely in Fall River. Some others, let's hear about him. Are you there, sir? Antoine. I am here. Antoine. Hello. Good. I haven't. I screw up your name already. Antoine. No. Antoine's me. good. Yeah. Antoine's good. As you know, it's uh, one of the great things about Spanish because my name is the Spanish Antoine. Is things are pronounced the way they are written. There is only five vowel sounds, so that's why. It's easier for us to pronounce things and very difficult to pronounce things in languages that require, you know, multi-phonetic vowels. English is the one that screwed up, basically. Uh, <laughs> Antoine Castro del Rio, right? That's right. So, I mean, we there's a campaign. You have a Facebook group about what's happening in Fall River. Why don't we start there? Because something happened yesterday. Or if you want to introduce yourself, you before we even get there. Introduce yourself the way you want to. Oh, perfect. So let's introduce myself the way it's supposed to be said. I don't know if you read it. So first of all, I want to thank you, Mike, for hosting, for hosting, um, for hosting me on your show, for inviting me. And my name is Antoine Castro Rio. And I introduce myself saying, I am the weirdo with the tiaras, the fro, and the half beard. I came here to be revolutionarily victorious and to heal. My name is Antoine Castro Rio. I'm the real deal, for I feel no fear. I am feared. I am from Colombia, South America. I've uh, been an activist for over a decade now in the city of Boston and its surroundings. And 2020 was a year in which, due to the evidence that was presented about what the police do in a, in a regular basis, which is target and assassinate black people all over the US, and it took the gruesome images of the assassination of George Floyd for people to say, we cannot take it and go through the streets. Um, March 28th was the first day that I went out in 2020. And from March 28th all the way to December 31st, um, I attended 137 rallies. Went to uh, 52 towns. And uh, at the time I had a vehicle and then my vehicle had extra 19,000 miles from all the traveling that was on across the state. And that's how a lot of people got to know me. Um, actively, I've been an activist with the immigrant communities for uh, since 2009. I have been active politically for plenty of causes and whatever we know and understand as a fight for justice. And 2020 was a year in which the conditions were given for the largest popular mobilization in US history. And we wanted to be part of it and we got to be part of it. And that's how it came about. How the cases came about. Um, October 18th to 2020, 
Fall River, which is far away from Boston. Someone said, Antoine, wouldn't you like to go to Fall River? And then my very good friend Hugo drove me down to Fall River. And um, we were having an anti a counter protest for there was a Trump rally that usually happens every Sunday in front of the police station in Fall River. And we had a counter protest um, throughout the rallies and protesting the demonstrations. Counter protesting became one of the things that I was very good at because of the fact that I'm superbly loud, very performative, and I always deliver a message through my performances. Well, unbeknownst to myself, the Fall River Police is very different than any other police department around the state of Massachusetts. And um, it was not long before we were there. And I don't know if people have seen the video. If not, I guess we could play it at the end or play a play of when we, when we have questions and discuss details about the case. They basically found a reason to arrest a young man by the name of Matthew Scott. And I had my hands up and said, you cannot arrest him. You cannot arrest him because basically the lieutenant said, he put his foot on the road. That's enough to arrest him. And when you see it on the video, that's exactly what happens. So... When they come to arrest him, I'm recording with my phone in one hand, and I have my megaphone in another, and I have this spectacular Picasso. It was it was a Picasso. It was part of a Picasso painting that was in um, in fabric. My mask, and my megaphone microphone was under the mask. I get this cop tries to get me and he can that he pushes me away and is very visible and that he actually pushes me into the road where I could have been hit by uh, a vehicle. And then they get the order from the lieutenant and they're like, we're going to arrest him too. And then I get arrested there. So the campaign started because that was my first arrest ever. And being October, my first arrest ever. October, 2020. October 2020, I had never been, been arrested here, before. 14 months ago. 14 months ago. Your first arrest ever. First arrest ever. I'd never been arrested, never been booked for anything. And interestingly enough, I was, uh, I was giving uh, a very high bail. My bail was $40. My bail was paid before Matthews. Matthew was let go two hours after his arrest. They kept me for 10 and a half hours. And and you have like multiple charges, like crazy charges. Like, oh, yeah. Like, we, we see this with the, FBI, the feds and the locals. They just throw, when they really want to get someone and get you to plea down, they throw every charge and just make them up. Oh, yes. I, one of the things is my performative side, which is one thing that comes in to understand is I, um, I was very pleased with seeing how incompetent these people are. And it is only a reflection of what the police departments are across the U.S. So when when I get arrested and I walk in, I, people know me, I'm a loud mouth. I didn't shut up. So as I'm arrested, you know, I, I just kept on, you know, making fun of the cops. 
to the point that, you know, there was this police officer where you see in the video that has the vest, pretty big guy, and he's holding my bicep and he's really trying to hurt me. And I said, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I like a man with strong hands who can make me feel things. Wow. Was, you're like, you're, that's the Bill Hicks uh, goat boy character, I think, <laughs> yeah. right there, right? i'm actually i I gotta cut in right here because we're gonna talk a lot continue the conversation about the rest but i'm starting to get like uh the last recent guests we've had a lot of guests have been free campaigns for for different people who have been harassed by the police lately unfortunately or the feds uh you're like the third one in a row which is crazy because we usually don't, you know, this happens once in a great while, and this seems to be happening a lot. But I'm also looking at it like, wow, look at all the talent, and I'm going a different route. I want to mention to people tonight, we're we're going to be doing some stuff uh, on this show, a little different creatively, uh, and it's going to be fun. And I think I may have some casting. Like I may, ca- are you interested in acting and doing some parody work with with? Different- yeah, you got uh, money. <laughs> not much but all right all right something something you got weed oh yeah we always have weed of course we're gonna all right all right all right i like a different kind of green <laughs> let's let's talk about that so but uh <laughs> but let's get back to your story because this is uh the serious stuff you're you so they arrest you because i saw this video this is what drew me in um it just seemed like a bullshit arrest they just oh, yes. targeted you uh and then they threw all the charges against you you had a hearing yesterday anything happened they make any offers any news yesterday so let me just fill you in so i get arrested they keep me for 10 and a half hours they give me a very large amount of bail because they're very used to people in full river not having funds or friends to bail them out i was able to be bailed out and then that's when i get to find the charges also um my license was suspended at the time. And as I said, my friend Uber drove me. Officer Bashara, he says in an affidavit that I that we got, and it was filed 10 months after it happened. So in August 14, they filed a report that I drove with a suspended license 10 months after the matter. And in that specific um, affidavit, Officer Bashara says that he was assigned to watch us. So, and then that's an important part of the case. Why do I mention this? Because we go in for a dismissal, a dismissal motion based on this. I mean, why weren't they watching and supervising and surveilling the Trump supporters, but they were surveilling us? Um, and they arrested us. Um, so we go in the motion to dismiss you know, based on the evidence of the video shows. Yet in legal terms, the court has not seen the video, neither has the prosecutor. In legal terms. I'm pretty sure they've seen it. That is really popular. You know, Fall River is not that big of a town. Everyone has seen the video. And at some point, um, if the video needs to be brought into court, we'll find a way to bring it in. But the judge has not seen it, and the prosecutor has not seen it in legal terms. So it that evidence is not part of the case yet. They don't recognize so the dismissal, and we had well the uh, when we were for the dismissal, um, my attorney, which is a championing attorney for for civil rights, Benjamin Benjamin Evans, um, 
who has wrought a phenomenal seven-page dissertation with over 24 cited cases on um, why this case should be dismissed. Still, the prosecutor went and said, you know, the gruesome details of this man pushing and hitting a police officer with his bullhorn. And he gouged the police cruiser viciously, because that's what the report says. The report says that I viciously gouge the cruiser. So the, um, the motion for dismissal right now is under advisement. They have to review it and see if it's something the court can consider. They gave us a new date, which is gonna be February 23rd, and we are gonna take it from there. The next step is, if this court does not take our dismissal, we're gonna move up to a superior court to have the case looked at. Now, based on what you've seen is, they very specifically targeted people who led, people who were visible, and people who were doing anything that would call attention to the matter. We see how, Jan, you know, Jean's Jack, Ernest Jean Jack, Shimmy was targeted. They, they see, we see how Michael Picard, Heidi Hilland, Rod Weber, Anthony Petro, so on and so forth, and then Antoine. I have been arrested four times. My second arrest, we found out, and this is all public information, they were investigating something else, but they came across the fact that I had whipped the ground inside. And they're like, you mean the guy? The guy that tells us horrible things? The police is not fond of me at all because throughout my, throughout my activism and performative and mental insanity, I have been very aggressive with police, but that's my right as a citizen to say whatever I want, or as the constitution says, whatever the fuck I want, because fuck is actually protected. But words, people do know, can be hurtful, They're, they have power, call it what it is. Words transcend. And the police have, of course, dealt with me and numerous times. So I, I just, I said 137 rallies. So people across the state knew, and I would always come in and talk about the slave patrols. And also I call them bitches of the state. So it's obvious, was obvious. You, police are not fond of you because you're calling them out, right? To not at places. all. Um, let me um, just jump in. We've got a number of comments. I want to you know, just acknowledge them. Melissa, Melissa uh, McCloskey writes free, uh, hashtag free uh, Antoine. Uh, Heidi also oh, says the same, <laughs> and uh, Matthew also says the same. Uh, you got Roger here saying the same thing, and Lloyd. We got a lot of uh supporters here, all on your you know, they want to see you free. So, so we're just getting to the tip of it so far. Like, you've been arrested a few times now, like, and there's more, right? Oh. Four times. You have four cases against you, four, four cases against me, open right so now. So the, uh, the Fall River was my first arrest. And of course, it is when you have this, this tradition of lying in reports. If we see the track record of the Fall River Police Department, um, it is a common practice. 
throughout the history of this department to lie on reports, to frame people, and for the DA to exonerate him. We just had the DA exonerate today the assassin, the killer, the slaughterer of Anthony Harden. And they have this common practice. So that was the first. Second one was Boston. I had, as, as you saw it in the video, you know, I love how the Boston Peril had male protester wearing a dress. You know, it, it had to be mentioned. Yeah, in a dress. Uh, what's wrong with uh, anyone in a dress? No, I, it's not. I just love how how they have to mention. No, it, I, I'm know, asking just, them like why. I was from the dress. They, they have a, a misogynistic society. Yeah. I love the fact that I wear skirts and dresses all the time, and I don't get raped. Right. So when if you, you know, were in a, if you were in a business suit, they wouldn't have said anything about your attire. I mean, that's oh, never, 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 no, 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 never, never. I mean, uh, I have a video that I made a couple of of weeks ago because I am I'm going under the employment scrutiny. And uh, I pulled my hair back, straightened it, and said, you know, I wanted to introduce you to my alter ego, the one that dresses up, because artists don't get paid enough. And we have to, you know, work at something else to pay the bills, otherwise we'll get a big And a lot of people are like, I've never seen that part of you. I was a very different person before 2020. 2020 for me was liberating. 2020 was the first time in life that I said, what do I want to do with my hair? I know how it grows. I know in that I said, I want to grow it out. I don't want to uh, to keep short hair anymore. So I said, March 1st, 2020, let's start doing it. But then I always wanted also a beard. I've but done I it all this year. Like I, I, yeah, but, I've never had long hair either until this nice. COVID. But, but look, at you have a really nice full beard. You know, I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't grow sideburns. Check it out. This is just hair pulled well, out. Hey, we're, we're talking about facial hair. We should be talking about what happened. So just get so to the um, um, 2020 created this persona but why do i mention this the logo everyone sees was born out of the necessity of creating a public identity for people that don't know me inside of the organizing circle so they would identify me in case something happened to me because the police started harassing me a lot after my second arrest and they were not fond of me because i have said horrible things such as you know the bed sheets in which you fart we pay for them you know, every time, every time you use soap and you're washing, you know, and you're washing your scrotum and testicles, we pay for that soap. We also pay for the bill. We may give you the money to pay for your bill of water. So what I have done is strictly go into how much of their private lives, private lives is impacted to us because we pay for their salaries and they take that for granted. But it's also a way to... Tell people, remember that it is your money that gives these people living, a living. So be conscious of it. Um, so the second time I get arrested, I had the dress, and um, and they arrested me for having a whip. Which we're waiting for that case is is phenomenal. It's a pleasure and whip made out of felt. So and they call it a dangerous weapon. It's, it's going to be pretty funny when we go to trial, and then they have to call in an expert to see how. How dangerous is a pleasure? They they said that you in the police reports, or at least the Herald and I think Turtle Boy said you whipped somebody. Did you actually whip? Oh yeah, somebody? Turtle Boy said I whipped a Jew. 
You know, and that's how Turtle Boy speaks. Where did you? I mean, I love, if you've seen Rayla Campbell, if you go on Turtle Boy's website, Rayla Campbell says, who is this man and why is he doing my job? Really? <laughs> that she says it is there is public. I was like, okay, interesting. Um, I met Rayla once at a, at a rally in Bridgewater, which I showed up completely in disguise because they're very much aware of not, not giving me attention to like that guy actually calls a lot of attention. And I discovered I just got to be loud and nauseous. You know, I just got to be loud, obnoxious. And, and as, as Diana Plaus, who is, you know, one of the cult leaders of, of the cult Trump in Massachusetts, triggered so that day when I went, I took off my, my hoodie, took off my, my hair, my hair covering. And then when Rayla was to, was to approach me, they told her, no, you actually will give them a platform. Yet we were successful that day with a group that it was. We were able to get acknowledged and stop their event for about 30, 45 minutes. They, they wouldn't stop talking about it. So it was, it was a victory. That was a victory. Then the third time I get arrested, um, I got arrested in New Hampshire. So the cops. Well, I, I want to go back to the whipping pot, though, because oh, yeah, I don't think you quite addressed that. I think we went off on a tangent there. So, no, I, I whipped the police report, which is public, says I whipped the ground and I whipped the sign. Nowhere in the police report it says that I whipped anyone. There is no witnesses. No one complained that I whipped anyone. Where do you think Turtle Boy got whipped the Jew then? Like, well, how is that person? Is it because that person complained that you were yelling at him with the megaphone? Well, there. So there is other reports um, from from other local media sources in which this man was wearing um, the man that we were countering because he showed up to a to a protest is a Jewish person. He had a menorah, and the other one had an Israel hat. So he uses that saying that I whipped a Jew. Interestingly enough, uh, you know, since Turtle Boy likes sensationalism. He used that to call attention to his to his crowd. So was that guy there as like a protest against you guys, or was he just a um, random? We, well, that was it was supposed to be. They were supposed to have a Trump rally, and we showed up in way larger numbers, so they decided not to show up. But two people showed up. They were across the street. We went and um, we went and addressed them, and. Um, with the whip I had, which of course is in, in evidence, but the whip is, yeah, the whip is six inches long and it's felt. And I was just using it. And there was this man who had a hammer and was throwing us with a hammer. So I pulled up the sign, the uh, the whip, and I whipped. So the it's sign. not even a real whip. It's a felt. It doesn't. Okay. It's a felt whip. It's, it's called it, a pleasuring whip. Ask yeah, it's a pleasuring whip. So it, it, I, I'm guessing it couldn't ever even leave a mark, like felt, right? Well, let's just say let's just say this, right? No permanent whip, damage. Like there's no that way whip is intended. That whip is intended to pleasure people when used with all the fours available because it's felt. It's threaded felt with it's felt pom poms. Yeah. It's a tickle thing. It's, it's not it even, is a tickle thing. Okay. So interestingly okay. enough, this is this so is. I, I think I that, that helps you big time right there. Um, let's go back to the. But the funny part is this: I'm pretty sure when they when when someone when they told the cops that he had a whip, you know, in their mind they're like, "Oh my god!" They thought about their ancestors, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
because that's that's what they think about whipping. Like, oh my god, yeah, just like my granddad used to whip the people he stole yeah. from Africa. And, and, and Turtle Boy and uh, the Herald aren't going to ask many questions about what you know that it was made out of felt. Uh, so no. let's go to the next arrest, the New Hampshire deal, the one that you were talking about. The so third New one. Hampshire deal. So New Hampshire, New Hampshire happens actually two days after uh, two days after Fall River. We go to New Hampshire. A friend of mine drives me up to New Hampshire, and they were displacing. Uh, people from an encampment that was happening outside of a federal building. We had been there several times in that encampment, feeding people, helping them, uh, spending time with them, making sure and protecting them too. I had spent several nights in New Hampshire prior to that day. And the day they were, they were being displaced, we, we went. So my friend drove up, went with her, and there was a group of activists. Um, I did my usual, told the police, get evidence, and an activist who was very angry, you know, grabbed on the fences and was, and when when he was said they were going to arrest him, he started running, and then they tackle him, and very much usual technique, they put him on the ground and put a knee on his neck. So then, documentarian Rod Weber was. And seen, and he said, "Where's Antoine? Where's Antoine?" And then you could hear, "Get head off his neck." So I said, "What's going on?" I was on, I was basically a block away. So like, they're on this man's neck. So I started can canning, and my can canning with the high kicks to call their attention. Basically, one cop said, "You do it again." I will arrest you. And I was about 10 feet away, so I did it again. And then nine cops ran after me. But then the good thing is we got him off that man's neck. He got me arrested. They arrested me. I was let go. And now I have to go to trial for that. Um, and I, what, say that again. What were you? Because I didn't understand what you were actually doing. That they told can you. Can canning, you know, can canning. No. You know, da, 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 with the high legs. Oh, so you are doing like the high kicking, like, like yeah. Like, I was like, doing high kicking, dancing, dancing. dancing. There is no if you, if you have been, if you have if you have been to That's the document, you see the document. What is it? Yeah. I, I dance like that. My girlfriend, exactly. we, we, we laugh at each other and I do my little dance for her when I want to, you know, and I so can, yeah, they were yeah. looking for the right, they were looking for the right reason. And of course they do not like when they're challenged. They were very tired of me being superbly obnoxiously loud. I also got uh, very good feedback from that. You know, a lot of the homeless so they, people so thought they, they, I was disturbing. The, yeah. I want to ask because the high kicking, what was the charge? Like that would, they felt threatened by that. Is oh, that what it is? What is threatened? It? Yeah. Yeah. Threatening behavior threatened. with the police. So, they, so, so they're like Footloose. Like, remember? Do you remember that movie Footloose? Yes. They're like anti-dancing. Like they're, they're afraid of dancing. Like, do they think the devil is going to come out because of people dance and have they're going to have sex? Like, is what, what's the issue? Well, the issue. This is this is this is what I see. So these people are poorly trained. First. Of all. Um, the people that go to the academy are people that are very, very poorly trained, that have very, very, very low IQs and very low judgment. They also have a very common type of personality that is violent. And they are sick and they're abusive. Oh, look, 
uh, Lloyd just said the same thing. They're sick and they're abusive. So they're very used to abusing people. So when they don't know how to handle a situation, they immediately, immediately, just like they did in Fall River, they go to arrest you, you know, and um, in my case, I, you know, I'm a pale Hispanic, but if, if I was, if I was a black person, I would have been shot a very long time ago for the things I've done in front of the police. So these are the arrests that you're getting. Uh, it's just it, anything that people can do to help you at this point. Oh, yes. So the, the first thing people can do is, is, is to understand that this is not about me, but about where you are. What are you doing to hold your police accountable? What are you doing to hold your elected officials accountable? What are you doing to hold the DA in your district accountable? But most importantly, what are you doing to make sure that we change the way policing happens in the U.S.? Everyone last year, no, you know, defund the police, defund the police, abolish the police, choose whichever one. We need to hold the police accountable. I like something called the triple R, maybe because I'm Hispanic, which is called radically reallocate resources. We give too much resources to this department that spend money in overtime scams, in paying the rape victims with our tax dollars that they rape. We should take this from their pensions. They also spend a lot of time in legal fees defending themselves. Alone, the Boston Police Department alone in 2020 spent $17 million in legal defense due to suits from the public, due to uh, legal suits from the, from the public. And, and that, that is something it, you have into account. Yeah, and if they do, the, it's funny too it's another way to look at it too if you do not pay that 17 million there may be actually greater liability against the city so you have to question like you know <laughs> people don't question the cost like uh in la there's that whole rampart scandal that happened and now there's la gangs there's there's actually police gangs in la it's been going on for decades and it goes back to Rampart and even like the uh, Christopher Wallace, the family sued against the city of L.A. If they had actually won that case, which it really looked like they were going to win it at one point, And it's really kind of strange how they didn't win it. That could have actually bankrupted the entire city of Los Angeles, like the settlement. Like that's the liability of a bad police department that people have to recognize as citizens. You think it doesn't affect you, but. Imagine your police department bankrupts every service in the city because of the awful things that they're doing. And that's the, the reality, I think, uh, that people have to start to, to look at. There's a reason why the Boston Police Department spends that much. How much money did they spend last year? Say that again. $17 million. There's a reason. In legal defense. No, when you come to think about the budget of, 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 of the police, you know, that's actually a pretty small chunk. You know, it's uh, still, this is a very wealthy state, is a very wealthy city. It's insurance and money. It's insurance. It is insurance money. But at the same time, so when you ask what people can do, the first thing is, it's, it's really not about me. I'm, I'm just one of the cases that got noticed. 
um, because I'm an activist. But there is a lot of people who are going through the same thing and worse things. And police would always target people who they disagree with in whichever manner. And if they cannot kill them, I'm going to say if they cannot kill them, they will try to make sure that they either lock them up or damage their reputation in whichever manner they can. They understand how the legal process works and they know that that can bankrupt people. They also know that could, you know, make people not get employed. They understand that this impacts people's lives in, you know, in greater ways than just attending court. And the DA and the police work together. You know, DAs believe anything the police says. And that's also an issue. That's why I say when people want to help, don't help me. Help your community. Now, to address the question with me, follow me in, in social media. Follow my case. Write a letter. Right? But, but get informed on, on what the case is about. I have a case. I have two cases. I have a case in Boston. I have a case in New Hampshire. I have a case in Fall River. And I have a case in Swampscott, Massachusetts. If you follow the free Antoine hashtag, it will lead back to my account. And if you follow Antoine Castro del Rio in any social media platform, you will get more informed about it. And there's um, also a Facebook group. I know that too, free Antoine. So there's a free Antoine Facebook group. What is the intention of this? Of course, I want to be free because I am innocent of everything that I'm being accused of. But most importantly is to expose this corrupt practices that happen across the police departments in Massachusetts specifically. If you remember the case of Shimmy, Brendan Reen was sitting at the police station watching Diana Plaza's live, and he was the one who went to arrest Shimmy. Right. How do we allow this? And this man lost his job, his health insurance, and then he was severely impacted. His life changed completely. And he spent 11 months fighting the lies of the cops. Not only this, that case specifically, DAs do not dismiss cases on the day of the trial. That is the weirdest thing ever. That is oh, why you yeah. have all of this pre-hearings that way. You do not have to go and say, we're, oh, we cannot prosecute this person. No, you intentionally went through all those pre-hearings so you could say, I'm ready to prosecute because we have enough evidence. And not only this, besides that, Jonathan Blodgett, who is the district attorney for the Lynn District Court, writes a letter trying to criminalize Shimmy, trying to demonize him. And, and that is also something we should look at. They do have an agenda. I'm, not, I'm very used to, this is the worst it's ever been for me publicly. But I remember on the Occupy, on the Occupy Boston, when we took over Dewey Square, yeah. hi to all my Occupy people. I don't know if you remember when the list of the CIA came out, that they had a list of uh, protesters that were going to shoot. And the New York Times made it public, and the Huffington Post. That was my name was story. one of those lists. Was was it really? Yeah, I remember that story. I actually posted my own blog. That was a weird. You would see. Story. You would see. No my, one else my... talked about it though. It's like it, it like disappeared. It, that's a weird. Story. Well, you know, I mean, 
what do you mean the U.S. kills people because right. they, they we don't do that anymore? Work. We don't do that. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. That's what they. No, actually, they, 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 we even, don't do that anymore. Actually, I, you know, that's what they'll say, like off the books. But like even on the record, they still say they'll still deny they ever killed anyone. But we know they have. Um, there's well, so I mean, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, or did he? <laughs> Let's let's read some of these comments. Uh, here's one. Forget Governor Diana Ploss for jail. Yay! Forget Governor Diana Ploss for jail. That's from Heidi Holland. She's a big supporter. Uh, Heidi Highland. She's a big supporter of yours, right? Yeah. Can you Heidi tell me about Highland is amazing. I, I got to tell you this. There were many towns in which it was sometimes the only people that started it or the only people that were there was Heidi and I. Heidi showed up to towns across the state. And that's how we got to know each other. She was always there with her, her N95 masks that always had a message, always had a message for the protest of the day off. So she made sure her mask had a message. She had a sign, she had her own shirt, but she was present. So, and to me, it was amazing. Not only this, this is a person that had never, ever rallied or protested in her life, but she saw what was wrong with society and decided to take a stance. And now is superbly active. To me, when someone says, what can they do? You can follow the example of Heidi Island. A mother that took time from her day, who was also a nurse, who decided to resign because they were not treating nurses properly. And she didn't want to risk her life or the life or her family. And being, being a mother, a wife, a nurse, she found the time to go and support the cause. So I admire her work and I admire who she is because there were many times in which literally she was the only other person or she would be there just by herself. And she would find out what the rally was and show up. That's great. And so giant supporter, amazing, amazing person. That's great. Uh, we have some other comments. Uh, Melissa. Malklowski, if I say that name right, cops should be held personally liable for the things that they do. Shouldn't be the city taxpayers that pay out these settlements. You agree with that? Yeah. Of course. I think they should make the cops have uh, insurance, liability insurance. So, like, no, take it from their pension fund. Like, like, from their pension fund. Well, well, they could pay it from their pension fund, but like, oh, maybe that's a good idea too. But. I like the insurance, making them have carry insurance because they're going to be worried about like that they can like cops are funny like this. I think like most people, they're going to be worried that they can reduce their premiums. You know what I mean? If they're good, their insurance will go down. Like if they're bad, the insurance will go up or they won't even be able to get insurance like, a you know, a five time drunk driver. Right. My my issue with the insurance in this case is present this an idea is it would have what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, they will go bail him out. You have $2 million. We pay $2 million. But when it comes from pensions is going to reduce the pension of all of them. Yeah. But I think at a certain point you become uninsurable. Like I don't think Kyle, no one's going to insure Kyle Rittenhouse right now. I think Kyle Rittenhouse would have a hard time getting insured for a gun right now. Yeah. Well, I would say yes. That should be a discussion we should have. I have not paid much attention in detail to it. There is a, there is a very good organization called uh, Blue Crime, Blue Dime, and they lead this cause in which we should definitely have the police pay for their crimes and the wrongdoing with their own money. Yeah, I like it. 
Uh, this gentleman is excellent and a hero, in my honest opinion, said William Lloyd Garrison. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Garrison. Thank you. It means a lot to me. Very kind words. Uh, Lloyd Clark's been posting a lot, too. He says, in the cops and gaining much power. I think uh, a lot of folks that are in advocacy, activism, are always, even like, I think the local media, even the elected officials, whether it's mayors or city councilors, I think they are often afraid, even myself, to criticize police and go after police because they, they think things that have happened to you might happen to them. And there's kind of a code of silence uh, about being too critical of the police, especially when you're doing advocacy or activism work. Even myself, I've always kind of like been cool with the police when I'm doing protests, like way back. I'm talking when I used to do protests. I don't do them much anymore. But when I was doing cannabis stuff, we would actually try not to antagonize the police in a lot of situations. I mean, there were instances maybe that was different when they were arresting people. Uh, for smoking cannabis at one of our events. Then we would get, you know, take it to the next level. We wouldn't be so friendly. But um, I'm just wondering, like, what's your advice for people who are in advocacy and activism? You face it all at this point, Antoine. You've got four cases in four different cities. Yes. And, and do you kind of look back and say, maybe I shouldn't have gone so hard against these police and maybe softened it a little bit and made still made my point? Or is there anything that you could have done differently? How, how do you feel at this point? Well, well what, what I feel is, so 22 was a year, which, you know, I was completely unleashed due to, due, you know, due to my, my mental health. I'm, I'm someone who always double checked and triple checked, quadruple checked, triple checked everything he said and did. And... Uh, 2020 was a year which, you know, I want to be completely free and unleashed myself, but it also showed me many things that I should be aware of. Um, and it has to do with my behaviors, the way I handle my tone, and how to be effective. Would I have done anything differently? No. No, because, at, you know, at, at, at that point, it was, it was what felt right. It felt right because I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just using words and expressions and a very loud voice and a very loud megaphone and doing what you call psychological warfare. They hate me because I would say things they do not like. Yeah, you, you know? know, and I want to add like uh, uh, another comment is ACAB, which is, uh, I believe, means all cops are bastards. It I'm, means I'm not- all. It means all all cats are beautiful. And I'm not sure I even agree with that. Maybe we can get to that in a second. But I know a lot of folks watching probably agree with that statement, though. Uh, But, you know, I want to get back to that. Because when I saw the video from Fall River, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think he did anything wrong. Like, I I think you were doing loud. I'm being loud and obnoxious. Yeah, you were doing like. Ad, you were doing advocacy activism. Like, I don't think that you were over the line. Like I, I I've like done a lot of stuff in the past way back with mm-hmm. cannabis and our goals often were not to get arrested. Sometimes we wanted to get ticketed and they wouldn't ticket us because they knew that's what we wanted, which is funny. So like stuff would happen, you know, you, you, you play the game with the cops, but most of it is like psychological warfare. It's like, you're trying to get your message out. You're trying to make a difference. You're trying to create something. And, I didn't see you step over the line, especially that Fall River video. That's the one I saw. Fall River video. I I asked them, them. you step between us. You work for me? I saw them step over the line. That's who I I saw, like, you know, 
cops not being cool, cops being dinks for for no reason, which I couldn't figure out. I guess maybe. Oh that, yeah, there the there is a reason. The reason is is the cop culture, right? One of the things we saw is I feel really proud of this. In the New York Times published a study that was done in collaboration between Columbia University and Stanford University, in which protests saved lives because there were so many people on the streets that the cops actually were very much aware of their behavior. So that makes me feel very good. Why? Because being out there, as you know, as you want to see it and criticize it, whatever, being out there with so many people saved lives. What does that tell us? That they are very used to not being watched. We have phones nowadays. If we didn't have the phones and the cameras, we would have never seen how they act, which we have seen in so many videos before, but it took, it took the gruesome images of how a man, a white man, that had been reported 19 times prior. That's what gets me. It's, you know, we keep talking about reforming the police, and I'm, I'm, I'm more reformed than abolished, like a lot of other people. I think I'm more of a moderate, a middle guy. But I think like progressives, uh, not even progressive, socialist, uh, social justice warriors, they have all the right ideas, and they're going in the right direction. And I think that right there, 19 incidents before, like we want to reform the police. The number one reform to me should be. To go through every police for, force in the country should go through and find your bottom 20 percent. The people that have the most offenses, the most complaints, the most shootings, the most this, the most that. You know who they are. You know who the bad cops are because there's 19 complaints on them and fire them. And that's basically would would that would be so positive for everybody. But they won't ever do it. Now, to get back to the question of, of you know, uh, if I wasn't anything different, why do people do so? So first of all, so first you, of all, let me so, ask you this though: Do you yeah. think that getting getting rid of those folks would help? Um, folks Nineteen complaints. For, for if a little force said we're going to get rid of the folks that have a, you know a certain amount of complaints for a little bit. Why? Because the heads of the departments know that this happens, right? It's not in when so when people say, oh, it's it's not all cops. Well, why aren't the good cops arresting and snitching on the bad cops? What, what if they, they kept that as a regular policy to say we're going to get rid of the bottom 10 percent every year or the bottom, you know, every five years, whatever, you know, not to 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 ruin well, the police force. They know how to cover up themselves. This is this is the issue. It's not about the police are masters. Masters are committing legal crime. Right. And, and and sometimes it takes years before you could prove that it was wrong. That I mean, look what happened to Sean Ellis. Yeah. For those of you that are not Sean Ellis, trial for Netflix. Sean Ellis spent 27 years in jail because they all covered themselves up. So how are we going to get rid of that 10 percent from 27 years ago? If it took 27 years to prove that there were 10 percent of them. And we see that over and over. I mean, there's a guy named that you know was Italian uh, with the uh, you know the mafia. He was a mafia guy, but he didn't commit the murders, and they FBI knew it, and they kept him in jail uh, on bogus you know testimony that they knew was bogus because that was their star witness. Uh, and that happened over and over. It's it happens all the time. Uh, I want to go to this comment. Matthew Scott says, "Hold city of Fall River Police Department accountable for." 
Antoine's uh, bogus arrest and charges. You agree with that, obviously, right? Yes, I mean, I agree. Anyone who does wrong in the eyes of the law should be held accountable. And what are we seeing with this specific case of mine? We are seeing police officers live in a report. Why? The video is public, and so is the report. So when I created the video and I put the charges, I just basically gave people an image. I said, judge for yourselves. I'm not going to tell you if this is wrong or right. I just want you to see what they do. And what they did was charge me with things that are completely bogus. The thing is, they didn't know that there was someone filming. They didn't know. They took my phone, which may play a big part in the case because the video that was being recorded is on the phone. We can't find it. It's on the cloud. It's not anywhere. So not only this, um, they strategically took their time to see what they do. Matthew, who was the man that, went, that, that was arrested with me that day, he was let go two hours after his arrest. And my bail was paid before his. But they kept me for extra eight and a half hours. Of course, we're very different people. Matthew came into his cell. He was given his blanket and put his blanket and <laughs> laid down. In my case, I was loud. They didn't shut up for 10 and a half hours. I, after six hours, they went out to who in the video you see, I called my husband, which is my best friend who drove me. And then they were like, what do we do with him? Like, he's kicking the walls. He's naked. He's punching. He, he doesn't, he doesn't shut naked. up. He, every naked. time we go to see him, he insults us. He goes like, you bitches of the state, you fucking well, pig. stop you there. You were naked? Yes, because they had this camera. So I'm like, you want to see me in camera? I'll be naked. Oh, God. So they and probably, I was, I was kicking the walls and punching and, and having fun and working out. But I said, you're going to see me see me naked. Look at my dick. And look at my ass. You oh. know, you misogynistic fox. They were, they were, That's what I was, they were, that was going through my mind. No, They were mad they arrested you at that point. They were like, Whoa. oh, they were mad. So they went out to, to ask my friend, what do we do? And he says, I told you it was your problem. That's why I said, because he's all like, you don't know who you just arrested. Like, you're going to deal with him. And, and he's like, you arrested him, you deal with him. And they didn't know what to do. So when they came in, when they came in, um, they basically were not expecting someone as aggressive. And what can they do? I'm just exercising my First Amendment right. So, of course, they're really pissed. If you see the video, you see the guy that tries to bend my arm? Yep. Yeah, it is hilarious because at that point, he so he has he cauliflower ears. Yeah. Oh, he's a wrestler because I'm, I'm a wrestler. I have cauliflower. Well, not really. So he I, was I, a semi-professional fighter. So when I said, oh, he's a oh fighter. You got professional ears. And he, like, you got, and he goes, yeah, he was a professional fighter. I said, well, too bad that a semi-professional fighter couldn't bend my arm. You suck at your job. <laughs> he's gotten so soft. So those sort of things he's gotten soft. I would piss him off, so. you know, Um. Uh, when I was on the phone call, I said things in my phone call that pissed him off. And every, every, you know, and when I was, when I was out, when I was being back to the cell, I was like, it's so glad to see a bunch of pigs with uniforms, you know? It's like, I didn't know there's rankings inside of what the bitches would say, do. I would say things that would, and they were not happy. So like, okay, how can we get them? At five o'clock, my bail changed to a thousand. 
weird. A bail change for a man that had never been arrested before. To the point, the next day, the judge was like, "This is stupid." They gave me the money back the next day. Like, this is really stupid. You're really charging a man that had never had a that doesn't have a record, and charging him a thousand dollars. It's it's just you know, so it's the, just ridiculous. There's also other issues in Fall River too, right? There's like another uh, gentleman that got killed. It's uh, Matthew Scott wrote also rest in peace, Anthony Harden. Yeah. Fall River Police Department need to be held accountable for his death too, as well as get it body cams. It's time. And there seems to be a lot of issues in uh, Fall River right now around the police. Uh, Melissa Costa writes something. Uh, she wrote uh, Bristol County District Attorney's Office. Tom Quinn uh, is at 880, 888 Purchase Street in New Bedford. You could uh, call them and express your opinion on this 508-997-0711 or info at bristolda.com and this takes me back to the question where you asked like you know why do you tell people what to do in this case first of all you have to know the constitution most people cite the constitution but they don't know the amendments they don't know what they mean they are completely lost you know the time you spend on on facebook the time you spend on your social media you should definitely spend it on understanding what your rights are second train yourself on how to talk to the police there is this person who posted about me last year saying um anytime you see him if you need advice on just ask him he goes to the police so aggressively because he understands what to do and what not to do and that's key it's key to understand how much you can and cannot do. And this is when we saw the police in Fall River, they didn't care. They're like, oh, you know, F this guy. But what's most important is for you to, first of all, understand how do you talk to the police if you have to? And if you don't, the basic thing is if a police, if a policeman ever approaches you, you say, I don't answer any questions. Second thing you say, I'm not being detained, I'm free to go. And if you're free to go, then leave. But if you were Antoine, you're like, what's going on, motherfucker, assassin? Identify yourself, piece of shit. But you could actually tell them, always ask them to identify themselves first. Second, ask them if you are free to go. And if they say yes, then you leave. And if they keep on asking, you say, I don't answer questions to the police. Those are the three things you do when you deal with them. Also understanding that what Melissa did is exactly what we need to do, to hold that DA accountable. We, as citizens of our districts, hold the power over this people. And so, we need to hold them accountable. And that, what does accountability mean? Accountability means that we are changing history for the next generations so they do not have to deal with a system that does not work because it's never been intended to work. The Third Amendment says that no one can be placed under forced servitude, slavery, unless if, if that person is charged with a crime. That's the issue a lot of people have with the First Amendment. And that's why they incarcerate people and make them work. And they incarcerate primarily black people. So this is a completely structural problem because it was designed this way. And it works. The best part is now we have phones, computers, and we can connect easier so we can get the job done in a couple of years. But what's most important is to understand that that accountability takes the effort of writing letters, of making phone calls, but most importantly of organizing in your community and voting. Absolutely. 
and we're getting a lot of good comments too. Uh, I've just been throwing them up there and not even reading them. Uh, if you're on the podcast later, you can always watch them and uh, check them out. But uh, I'll, I'll read a few more. Uh, here's one. I'm wondering where this one came from. Uh, Antoine, the guy whistling in your face, his name is Mark Massa. His sister is Laurie. She was near him. They both work for the police department as dispatch. You were set up from the jump, friend. Have you heard that before? No, but that's great. <laughs> that's from a Ronald Valancourt Jr. who says who's basically saying, uh, you know, it was an inside job. The police were in on the protest, the the protest you were countering. So that's why they arrested you. From yeah, the remember, department. there were there is an affidavit that's public that says that they were assigned to watch us. They assigned police to monitor us, and that why do you assign people to monitor? Not only this, the report says blue lives don't matter, people. So what that means is they also have this rhetoric that, you know, plays into the way they're very used to manipulating the system that serves them a purpose. So we know it was set up because from the beginning, they had people waiting for us to arrive, to watch us, to get our plates, to get our identifications, to follow us. But that is great piece of information. Thank you so much. Mm, and uh, we're finding out more stuff too. Melissa Costa wrote, "Yes, Lori Ann is listed as a witness. Uh, Fall River Police Department is her employer. I just found that out today. Mm, interesting stuff going on here. Yes, I mean you're gonna you're gonna call people that are employees to testify on your behalf. <laughs> the other witness is Natalie Mello, whose daughter is a FRPD cop." <laughs> It seems like you were annoying the family of cops, so they went after you, I guess. Oh, so, yes. But this is one thing that I wanted you to understand. Um, after this specific police report came out, then I truly, truly became watched by the police because they are gang. So anytime someone says that I, you know, they said that that beat two cops and I visually gouge a car. So they're not going to watch the video, but they know. When I was being trolled heavily, heavily, we were able to get, you know, some friends of mine who are very good, avid technology people, and they were, attract, they were able to track these accounts, and they found out that the accounts that were trolling me were all police men from outside of the state. My second time being arrested, the time with the dress, and I look gorgeous. Everyone knows me as Antoine. My last name became... Uh, known because of what's been going on. But the Proud Boys and the KKK baptized me as Jay Castro. No one knows me as Jay Castro, but the extremist right-wingers. When I was being booked at the A1 uh, police department in Boston, from the, from the booking cell about 25 feet away, there is office and there is a hall. And there is this man that sees me. And of course, I'm very identifiable with my fro, my half beard. And he said, what is Jay Castro doing here? That's a police man that I've never seen in my life, that I've never interacted with, that I do not recognize. How come he didn't say, why is Antoine here? But he said, 
Why is Jay Castro? Let me ask you about that because when you say the Proud Boys know you as Jay Castro, how, how does that where, where like where does that come? Well, out? I became when I started trolling Diana Plus heavily every week. Then um, they put me in their watch. You know who is this loudmouth? And a lot of people that understood what I did, they were like, "Oh my God, Anton, why you're so loud?" I would make this noise. Okay. And people were, you know, I don't say really stupid things. So it's and a Diana like, Fox. And I said, "Watch her live. If you watch her live, my my specific, I found the pitch on the megaphone." That would interrupt her. Mind. I've seen that. I've seen that. So, so you were known as Jay Castro with that crew there, the Diana Plus. No, no, as no. Antoine. And then okay. they went on to find out who I was. You know, they were let's oh, look so for the, this guy. So, let's so, so, find out who he is. Yeah. And they went looking for whatever they could find. They went to public records, and then they found out my name is Joseph Castro Del Rio. So they they meet Jay Castro. So that was the Diana Plus crowd, though. That was the Anna Plus crowd, but then how we got to know is on a Proud Boys podcast, you know, they were airing, and there is this guy known as Jay Castro who likes to harass, and then they went on. I see. that. And then if you go on Turtle Boy, and if you go on all of these websites, you will find out they call me Jay Castro. Wow. And, and so, so, funny, so the cops are watching this stuff, calling you Jay Castro, because they're fans of these people. And, of course. It, you know, there was a story that we just uh, posted in our group, the Young Jerks group, uh, this week about uh, a former, I think he was a military guy who went undercover with the KKK in Florida. And what he found out was that there were so many cops that were KKK <laughs> down there, uh, Florida, Alabama area. And they were killing people and they were doing exactly what you said tonight. They were, they were taken like if they got upset with someone, they got arrested that, you know, something didn't go right. They would try to kill that person. They would try to ruin that person. They would try to put them in jail forever with bogus charges and, and they would try to kill people. And uh, it's, it's happening. Like there's cases the feds are doing against state police and local police in the state of Florida. And, and uh, it was funny because you know that guy, the mu famous musician Tom Morello, posted on Twitter. He said he posted that story, and he says, you know, some who work forces are the same that burn crosses, and it's so true. I say some, and I like that Tom Morello says some, because I'm not a person that is a maximist. I don't say that every cop is evil, every cop is bad, every cop is racist. I think the mm -hmm. system is racist. I think it tends to make you. Uh, not as good as you start. You know, I think the longer you're in there, the worse that you get as a person, unfortunately. I think that they try to do good things. I think a lot of times they do good, do good things. They do heroic things. But as an institution, there's a lot of issues. And I've seen so many instances of, of evil uh, that gets covered up, it, just like any organization. And they have so much power. People are so fearful of them politically, socially, media wise they have so much power and we know this um i mean what you're saying is being proven true everywhere yeah people who know me people ask me Anto, how come we haven't seen you much this year i went and lived in colombia for two months this year because i wanted to escape the harassment the harassment has been if you see there is and there is now that you mentioned acab there is an acab um stories in my instagram and there was these videos of when they followed me 
So I, so they were following me in my car when I drove. They were following me in my car when someone else drove it. They followed me in all the activists' cars. They would wait for, for me to go. Then they would talk from town to town, so they follow me. Then the state police started to follow me. They would send... Um, they will send informants to the bars I visit. They would send informants to, you know, the places that I frequent. They will send informants to rallies. And, to, you know, and, and I, I discovered that there were people that would wait for me at the end and say, oh, my God, I love your speech. And they start praising me. And, you know, then after the third rally, I would accept their friendship on Facebook. And then I would, you know, give them specifically six hours and six hours there was no engagement i would unfriend them and then i started just you know backtracking on seeing hey does anyone know these people and they were just very much like the people mentioned the fall river uh police they were related to cops or they were close to cops so they are using every resource available i also you know got all these horrible death threats got this horrible phone calls that were all reported um they made my address public so one time I said, oh, yeah, the guy lives down the street. His, his, here's his address in case you want to go put a, you know, bust a cap in his head. Things like that. So my, my concern is, is this. The violence that is created by the police is something we must start addressing as society. And it is because in 2000. 12, the Harvard School for Public Health asked the National Department of Medicine to include the killing of black men and women as an epidemic because they were dying at such high rates by police. And that was an outrage. They tried to get rid of it as much as they could. They didn't get much media attention as things, you know, don't but we have all of this sufficient evidence to know that as a society we must start taking this matter into our hands the politicians we have elected or are elected have not done it the elected officials in the past have not done it the current political parties are not doing it so how is this going to be done we need to make sure that we address this issue as something crucial for the betterment of our communities and society. When people say all cops, not all cops, let's not get into that debate, is about what needs to be done. And what needs to be done is also how much we invest in actual education to change society. The boiler in my house broke the middle of the winter. Not my boiler, the guys from downstairs. Unbeknownst to me, the plumber that my landlord hires is from Fuller River. And then he identified me. And then he sold the signs in the basement. And he, he did tell me. He said, hey, so, and you know, he told you, so you think all cops are bad? And I said, I don't think all cops are bad, but I but I would say this: if if there is good cops, how come they have not jailed the bad cops yet? Come back after this was a Sunday, after three rallies that day, 
and I start washing my clothes, you know, regular laundry Sunday. And then when I come back, my basement's flooded. Mysteriously, the hose from the drainage in my in my washer was unplugged. I think that has never been unplugged in five years. Uh, you know, that is specifically made not to come off. So I remember texting my landlord and the guys downstairs and telling him, listen, this is what happened. And I was very upset. But why do I bring the story? Because this person didn't need to be a cop, but he looked, which is a way in which what I can harm this person because I disagree with them influenced by the way I feel about police. And that is a real issue. That's the real fascism. issue is that division of society. That is fascism. It's so funny because they, they pretend to be the victims, but that is actually, that mm -hmm. is fascism right there. Um, and Heidi wrote, they should be investigating the right, lock up the domestic terrorists. And it's so shocking that in so many situations, they're not. They're, they're going after local leftists who are peaceful. I, I mean, all the ones I've interviewed so far, I feel are peaceful. I want to ask you, are you peaceful? Do you like, you're not talking about yeah. violence or overthrowing the government. No, no. You're just no. trying to do democracy, direct action to try to change things for the better. Right. Yeah. Direct action and performative. They, they, they see me as someone who is very aggressive. Right. And I, I developed that style because I believe that, bullies don't like to be bullied and police don't there is this videos that i have on my instagram which you see the police with their batons and there's some people that actually spend time uh, wrapping their baton where they hold it i would say why would you spend time to wrap it you want to make a weapon comfortable really that's interesting so and it's funny when i tell them oh you spend a lot of time you know and i tell them whatever it is that comes out at the moment and you see how they wrench it because if they could hit me, they would. Oh, they would love to. I'm sure many. They would, and they would love to. And and that is and that is what we must what we must address. We must address that we need radical changes inside of society. And those radical changes start with radically reallocating resources. If we we there's only so much resources in every town, but how do we reallocate them really makes a difference in the way our society is run. So if we take money specifically from parts of the police that do not work and put them into education, we will see better education and better educated beings That's for the right. future. If we take money and we, instead of sending the cops, we create a department, hey, this person is having a mental breakdown. We first need someone who is trained and not armed on how to de-escalate a situation. Also, we allocate the resources and and make sure that we do not pay these very high salaries to people who do not deserve them. That's right. The cops get paid these really high salaries. Antoine, I want to ask you this: this uh, read this comment and ask you about it. I want to talk about Heidi Highland and uh, Michael Picard getting citations and Lynn by Massachusetts State Police. One of the state police warned me to get off the beach for escalating a situation. I had no megaphone. It was obvious that the cops were biased against our Black Lives Matter flags. The question is, Mike, why do MAGA supporters get away with impunity? Shimmy's case is, is an example of that. Antoine's case is an example of that. The standard is not held equally. That's from uh, Donnie Tisdall. Diani. Hi, Diani. Love you, yeah. girl. Um, 
how do they get away? Well, it is the culture of getting away. We should not be, you know, we should not be surprised the water wets. You know, and, and this is one, this is beyond Fall River, Massachusetts, and the U.S. The U.S. has been bombing countries and having war crimes. Just recently, recently, Joe Biden, right? You know, he already did his first bomb dropping because, you know, every president needs to drop some bombs. It's a good tradition in the U.S. I'm Colombian, so I love when people's like, oh, Colombian, cocaine. I'm like, oh, you're from the U.S.? <laughs> 26 kids in school. And they don't like it. You know, I, I believe that COVID took us away from the regular U.S. traditions of having school shootings. You know, COVID, COVID, COVID prohibit, you know, COVID didn't, COVID's, COVID supposedly is gone and people are going back to schools and then traditions are back. Well, it's funny. As soon tradition. as they bring kids back, the school shootings start back up. This is America. This, oh, it is, baby. This is it what is America is year. known for. 135 shootings this year. Ourselves, killing ourselves. In like now, so, so to answer, to answer Diana's comment and question is, this is why we seriously need to readdress the way communities police themselves, the way communities, but most importantly, what type of philosophy, what type of thought it is being fed through the minds of people in this part of the world. The U.S. is the best at marketing. Number one country in the world, number one, number one, number one, number one, number one. To the point that always people think that people who come here have nowhere else to go. No, they do. It's just they don't have the resources because everywhere else is very difficult to get to. But you're not the number one country in the world. You just have tons of money. And tons of money that comes from the wealth that is stolen from other parts of the world. With this being said is, how come... They target us. Well, let me ask you, how come they never they never killed the leader of the Ku Klux Klan, but they killed Malcolm X? And Martin Luther King, probably. Exactly. So yeah. and, and, and the Black Panthers. I mean, you know, those two that we just mentioned. Fred Hampton. A lot, a lot of, yeah, I, I want to say something because a lot of people will will say, Well, you can't prove MLK or Malcolm X. Okay. Black Panthers. That's proven. That is 100% proven. The most powerful country in the world has a, prob uh, a program called WIC. W-I-C. Do you know what it stands for? What's that? It's, it's uh, so what WIC is, is the program for women, infants, and children. Uh, oh, WIC. WIC, yes. Yeah. Yes. W-I-C. Yeah. That was created by the Black Panthers. The Black Panthers were across the United States of America feeding families milk, bread, butter, and groceries. Doing what a government wouldn't do for its people. Right. And they got really afraid that this could change the way things run here. And let me just say this very clearly. The white, misogynistic, patriarchal men that run this nation, got like, oh my God. So what did they do? Say, we're gonna take, yeah, we like guns, but now for black people. 
So we got to kill them, incarcerate them, take away their programs. And when they took away what the Black Panthers were doing, they're like, we don't want them to. We don't want this to become an uprising. So we'll have to include it as a federal program. But that's how influential and powerful the Black Panthers Oh, they were. They still are. I mean, even it's a philosophy. I look. I mean, especially now. And and this shows us why we need to readdress the fact that this is working the way it was intended. So why are they targeting us and other MAGA? Because MAGA MAGA people don't represent a threat to the status quo. But a man. Like Shimmy, Ernest Jean Jack, who got a award in front of the Red Sox for doing the work and the community work he does, he represents something that could, you know, change the curse of things. Right? Michael Picard, spectacular troll. Spectacular troll who goes to a, a Trump rally with a sign that says, you know, let Allah back in schools. Allah is just a translation of the word God. But the ignorance of these people is like, oh, Allah, as soon as they think they have been fed this hate. And they hate just the fact that it's not in their own language. Haiti Hilland. They're tired of seeing this woman week after week after week. They don't know what to do. So they use the powers they have. And in my case, of course, I, they saw me all over the state that they were like, this guy's horrible. And they hate my guts because I have said some really horrible things. To them. All right. And, and of course, they're going to target us and they will keep on doing it. Once again, if they could shoot us and disappear us and kill us, they would. Just like they have done with a lot of people, just like they're doing with Julian Assange. That's what they want to bring him here. A man with WikiLeaks, he showed us, just like Snowden. Why isn't Snowden allowed in the U.S. a fair trial? Because, oh, the Secrecy Acts. How can we keep secret the fact that we bomb women and innocent children across the world? Those should not be secrets. Those people should be held accountable from the person who actually clicked on the drone for it to happen to the person who gave the order and to the person who actually this person responds to which is the president of the United States of America because they're very much in it so to answer Diana's comment is we need to restructure the philosophy and thought of a nation that it only thinks about money consumption and bases its economy in the exploitation of other nations and bases its economy in the production of weapons. That's why weapons are so much needed. If the U.S. stops producing weapons, maybe there is nothing. They we don't make a car good for anything. Agriculturally, it's all subsidized by taxpayers. We import ninety percent of the goods from China. So, but what do we make? We're very good at making bullets. We're very good at making gun barrels. And we're very, very, very good at making sure that those weapons are used around the world. Let's not, let's not forget that someone said, hey, Trump, how come you're doing business with Saudi Arabia when their human rights record is horrible? And he says, they just bought $150 billion, million, $50 billion of weapons. It's good business. And we must understand. So that's why weapons here are a culture. It's a culture of we see them all over the we see them all over the world, and we're very used to it. To the point that people, the U.S. would say, "You don't like us? We'll bomb you." People here would say, "You don't like me? I'll shoot you." 
We're the Young Jerks, and it's been a wide range of conversation tonight with Antoine uh, Castro Del Rio. Dancing. He's dancing for me. I might have to do some leg kicks. I don't know. I, I hope I don't get arrested by the Fall River Police. Is that? Well, is that, I'm, no, wait. I'm, I'm that on my own so I cannot get up. <laughs> which, wait, again, which was the police department that got upset that you were doing the high kick dance? Manchester. Oh, the Manchester. If, if you go, I you am not dancing. Watch. No dancing. You have to go and watch a movie Hampton. called The Dumpster Fire, 2020 The Dumpster Fire by Rod Weber. There is a scene in which he's filling me in and, and he says, Santa, why are you getting arrested? I said, I was dancing the way I dance. So you made the movie? I made the movie, yes. I made, the movie. I made the movie because I was dancing. It's coming out in Apple very soon. Apple. Uh, yeah. Apple. I don't know what the hell they call it, but whatever. The Apple, Apple TV. Yeah, Apple TV. Thank you. Spectacular, spectacular documentary. Highly recommended. Um, it is in consideration for an Oscar. But what's most important is Rod Weber was the only person that was in the political campaign in 2020 asking very serious questions to politicians, the, the questions that they do not get asked publicly. And that's what we also need to bring back you know we now have the platforms to hold people accountable and we must still asking the right questions it's important the u.s election and i mean in this case the presidential election is the most expensive election on the planet you know it takes it takes over a billion dollars to become president of the u.s where's all that money coming Except for Trump. Was, Trump Trump actually didn't cost that much money. It didn't cost that much because they gave him free coverage. They didn't understand yeah, they did. They did. They, yeah, you're right. They gave him a billion dollars worth of free TV. Um, you know, I want to, you know, it's funny because I'm looking forward to this coming year. We're going to have a governor's race. We're going to have a district attorney race. Essex County. We're talking about Blodgett earlier. I know you mentioned him. I think yes. he's going to have a tougher time this time. I don't know. Maybe not, you know, because he's an incumbent. They always win. He wins every year. No one ever runs against him. Hopefully someone runs against him. Even if he doesn't run, I mean, even if someone doesn't run against him, we should, like, start a, like, a right-hand campaign. Like, none of the above or either the Let me reward that. We shouldn't. We must. That's the difference. We shouldn't. We must. We must be active in our communities and know that even if we lose politically, people need to get to know that there is options out there. The incumbents, the incumbents in Massachusetts, it's rampant. It's rampant how they're all over the place and they run uncontested. And and that is that is not democracy. We need someone to run against them, but we no matter what, you're right. There has to be a, a sustained campaign of the people against his you know, being district attorney again, I don't care if there's a, like a, uh, an official candidate, there has to be people there. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? I want to end. I want to play the arrest. I want to play the new bed, uh, not new Bedford, fall river, the fall river incident where you were arrested. I want to play that video to close the show. Uh, awesome. before, before we do that, what do you want to leave us with tonight? I know that you've kind of, your gauntlet seemed, you know, just, kind of like what we do on the show, you know, and, and what a lot of us in the community, a lot of people that we've been mentioning, a lot of people who are watching tonight are doing, and it's kind of like we have to encourage more of it um, to hold people accountable, to, to question politicians, to, to, you know, question your local police department, to make sure that you know, people are being held to account. 
what is your your final say tonight? My final say tonight is in in the words of the very great Kwame today. Organization and mobilization are two different things. Mobilization is something that happens with the demands of the conditions of time. Organization is forever going and eternal. So as much as most people like to mobilize, I invite you to first organize. What are you doing in your spare time? How much of your daily time are you dedicating to the causes that you truly believe in? If you start with 30 minutes a day and organize an agenda in which, who do I need to call? How do I get connected with people that think like me? People that could also feel what I feel. And third, how can we make our cause grow? It's important. 30 minutes a day. Commit yourself, not only on social media. How do we go beyond social media, beyond the phone calls? And that is what I will leave you with today. It is an individual task. But when there is a lot of individuals, then it becomes a communal task. So if you choose an individual task, you would find a community that is needing your task. So I invite you to find your action. And remember, organize, organize, and whenever you can, mobilize. I love that. And it's uh, some good advice for me. I feel like that, that I'm, I'm taking that advice as an old timer who's kind of, uh, I, I'm getting into organizing mode again. My organizing is around the show in a way. And uh, one of the things I want to do again is we're going to do some parody series. And, and I think you would be so awesome on those. Oh yeah. You offer me employment. I'm looking for jobs, baby. Bring yeah. me on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's make some money. You know, one of the first things we've got this big thing that's coming up. We're going to put it on podcast. It's not even done yet, but it's, it's man. We spent some time already on it. big daddy cannabis. The big daddy cannabis company is speaking to us. And this is going to be, I don't know. This guy shouldn't be saying the shit that he's saying. He's going to get himself in trouble. So that's coming up on our podcast. I guarantee you very soon. So just, Stay touch. I I keep calling like promising content for cannabis because we we've been so known for the cannabis content and we've kind of gone away from it recently, but it's coming back. And I know we won an award this year for cannabis as well. So, but this is something very interesting. Big Daddy well, Cannabis. We're gonna for- also have a Muppet, and the Muppets can say kids tonight. We're gonna learn how to rip a bomb. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> 